The deck of heroes has been shuffled quite a bit this season for the Reds, but three guys really stood out in a huge way to stop the skid on Wednesday, and all three of them are vital to the playoffs and the future hopes of the Cincinnati Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan, and I've turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, or uh, jump in our YouTube comment section and leave us a thought. Leave us a comment, leave us a question, because I love talking Reds, and I want to talk Reds with you because Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day, your Cincinnati Reds every single day here on the Lockdown Reds podcast page, whether you're watching us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. And if you listen every day, I want to thank you so much for doing so. Let me know in the comment section or hit me up on Twitter. Or if you see me at the ballpark, say hey and let me know you're an everyday. I love hearing from you. The Reds had three amazing heroes that led them to the win on Wednesday night, and each one of them represents a huge part of their future hopes, whether you're talking about uh, playoffs this year, next year, whatever it might be, they are super important to how the Reds operate moving forward. And it starts with Graham. Ashcraft. The Reds needed Graham Ashcraft to come through, and he did. This has been a huge stretch for Graham Ashcraft. You think about the crazy bad stretch of baseball he had really through the month of May and the month of June was just looking god-awful on the mound. Absolutely just terrible numbers up until June 30th when he seemed to break through against the Padres. And you're thinking, okay, this is solid. Then he gets another start on top of that going into the All-Star break. And we're thinking, can he keep this up? It feels like the All-Star break came in a bad time for him as he was just starting to build momentum. But now he's got four straight quality starts under his belt. His two starts this, uh, you know, ever since the All-Star break have been quality starts, two starts before it. He's you know, kind of sandwich the all-star break with quality starts here. And in those four quality starts, he has looked phenomenal. We're talking about a 1.82 ERA. Yes, quality start can mean a lot of things. A quality start can be six innings of three earned runs, which is a four and a half ERA. Graham Ashcraft has allowed no more than two, and he allowed two earned runs against the Giants on Wednesday night, but he's allowed one earned run in the other three starts. So he's got a 1.82 ERA in those four starts, a, to- a total of 24 and two-thirds innings pitched. He does have 14 strikeouts to nine walks. You'd like to see more strikeouts, but Graham Ashcraft's not a swing-and-miss guy. He's a bulldog. He's going to go after the hitter. He's going to try to make the hitter get himself out, and if not, he's going to you know, throw that slider or that cutter up and into a lefty, and they just can't quite put the bat on it. But overall, the nine walks you'd like to see come down. But this is where Graham Ashcraft has always been interesting. Yes, he walks people, but he limits hits. 
Because even through these four quality starts and even looking at nine walks in 24 and two-thirds innings, he still has a whip, walks plus hits per innings pitched, of 1.18. He is still allowing just barely over a base runner an inning. And that is amazing to see. You saw in, in the fifth inning of Wednesday night's start, he was really having problems locating in the zone and things like that. He, he walked uh, the eighth and the ninth hitter on eight straight pitches. Yeah, that that's not great. But he was able to limit the damage. He only gave up the one run in that inning because uh, the number seven hitter got on via single. And so he gave up one run, but he got the double play, got out of the inning. It was a thing of beauty. The way that he's been able to pitch and the way that Graham Ashcraft pitches is so different from Andrew Abbott or from uh, Hunter Green or, or from Nick Lodolo. He is the kind of guy that he's just going to get up there on a the mound. He's just going to throw. And it's funny because he's talked a lot about during his struggles that he was almost in his head too much, right? He was, he was thinking too much or it, it was something that bothered him and he just couldn't quite get past it. And I found it interesting because he was asked about his turnaround, about the fact he's got four quality starts in a row. And I found his answer to be illuminating. Finding that rhythm and getting in it. I mean, you can kind of tell there in the fifth and sixth, there were some at bats to where things kind of got away. And I kind of started thinking a little bit too much, like trying to, figure out what's going on when in reality I didn't need to sit there and harp about it and think about it. I just needed to go and attack the zone. And once I got back to that mentality and mechanics just kind of just fell in line. With it. That was, that's what happens when you go out there and you think about what you need to do to fix your mechanics and your mind just kind of starts going and then your body kind of takes over from that. And that's what that was. I mean, you came back in in the seventh inning and was back up to night seven. So and there at the end, he was talking about, you know, there was a slight dip in his velocity, especially in the fifth inning. It kind of felt like he was trying to place the pitches as opposed to locate them. And that's kind of where he was talking about uh, the, the differences there. He was in his own mind there, just considering what it was he was supposed to do rather than just going and doing it. I know I opened up yesterday's episode with a Yoda quote, but uh, I, I really think that the whole uh, do or do not there is no try. I think that quote is like perfect for pitchers. Like just go up there and pitch. You know, you can do it. You work on it in practice, the bullpen sessions. That's really where you can get into the mental aspect of the game. But when you're on the mound in the middle of the game, the lights are on, the other team is in the batter's box, ready to go. You just got to pitch. And Graham Ashcraft, I think has understood that. And he's kind of learned that through his struggles. It, it kind of, Seems like with some of his post-game interviews and some of the ways that he was talking about his struggles in the moment, you know, whenever his ERA was ballooning to the number that it became, he kept saying things like, you know, I had to, had to really think through this or I had to really calm myself down. Or it felt like he was over-strategizing. He just, just got to go up there and throw. And that's where Graham Ashcraft's strength has been. And he's back in the circle of trust. Period. Like, I, I, I know I can trust Andrew Rabbit, which I'm excited to watch him pitch today. And I know that I can trust Graham Ashcraft once again. He started off this year in the circle of trust. You remember his first, like, five or six starts, he was nails. Absolutely amazing. And then he lost it. And then it was gone, and it took him forever to find it. I think he's found it again. 
I think it's back. In fact, he was even asked, and I, I don't have this clip, but he was asked in the post game, you know, are you feeling like you did in April? Are you feeling like you did in the beginning of the season? He said, I'm feeling better. It's just a different feeling. It's not where I was in April. It's a better feeling than that. And, and that's an amazing thing to see. The start for me, the reason that it was so important is looking at what happened the day before and all of the guys that had to pitch out of the bullpen. This was so important because it gave the bullpen rest. They only had to use Ian Jabot, Lucas Sims, and Alexis Diaz. And Diaz really didn't, I mean, he warmed up in the second game Tuesday night, but he didn't have to pitch in the second game Tuesday night. Lucas Sims didn't even warm up in the second game. So he was kind of pitching on a normal relief pitcher's rest. I don't think we'll see any one of these three guys here in the day game, the getaway day game for, well, getaway day game for the Giants. Reds are staying here, but the day game on Thursday, but still huge deal. And and I, I said it, you know, I thought he should come back out in the seventh inning and pitch some more comes out in the seventh, gives up a solo home run. And so then David Bell was like, okay, we tried it. We're good. We're going to the bullpen. Ian Jabot comes in, gets the three outs to get out of the seventh, but just overall, like Ashcraft was huge. The biggest reason that the Reds won and he's back in the circle of trust. You know, there was one bat that made all the difference in the game for the Reds. And Will Benson is the best number nine hitter in baseball. And I'll tell you why. Coming up next. Before I tell you about that, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors for today's episode, and that's eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part that you need fits right the first time around. I can't tell you how annoying it is to buy a part and try to put it on the car, and then all of a sudden it doesn't fit. eBay is going to help you with that because all you have to do is add your ride to the My Garage area there on eBay, and you can look for the green check to know that the part will fit the first time, every time, or your money back. That's how confident eBay Motors is they can help you because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game and when you shop at eBay Motors it's the same way with over 122 million parts to choose from that's million uh, you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home that win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts get the right fit and get the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you can't be down at the ballpark for the finale here against the Giants, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen every day. Every dayers coming up tomorrow on the show. Locked On Reds, uh, coming up on your next Locked On Reds, that is. Read my own script wrong. Uh, the Reds rookie phenoms will face their greatest obstacle for the Rookie of the Year award. Yeah, we're talking about Corbin Carroll and the Arizona Diamondbacks coming in this weekend. The Reds are playing the Diamondbacks a lot over the next two weeks. They're kind of doing that whole thing like they've been doing with the Brewers. Can't believe they finished with the Brewers at the beginning of next week, but 
we'll get to that at the beginning of next week. We're talking about Corbin Carroll on tomorrow's show. All right. Will Benson has become one of the most important bats in the Reds lineup, and he showed why on Wednesday. Will Benson has been interesting because at the beginning of the season, everyone knew who he was, right? Maybe maybe you're one of them. I, I wasn't. I stayed on the bandwagon. I started to get a little bit discouraged, but I, start, I, I kept trying to keep, and, and as Steve always jokes, the hype train that I kept calling it in spring training uh, turned into a hand cart that I was pushing. I think there was a couple of other guys, um, Reds fan, Brandon on Twitter, um, Chad Dotson, friend of the show, uh, Red, uh, down there at the riverfront. But there was a couple of us that were just saying, wait, wait, the talent is evident with this guy. He is awesome. Wait. And it has paid off beautifully. Hit his fifth homer of the year last year. Three-run homer. That's all the Reds needed. It's all the Reds scored, and it was all they needed to beat the Giants. He's now homered in back-to-back games for the first time in his career, so that's pretty cool to see. Young career. I mean, he only played like 20 games for the Guardians last season. But think about this. His slash line is 279, 279 batting average, 380 on base, 488 slugging, and he has a 129 OPS plus. That's for the year. That's including the streak of games at the very beginning of the season where he got one hit and one walk and like 40 at bats. This dude's good, man. He has been phenomenal. It's it's widely been reported on, you know, ever since May 21st. Whenever he was called back up from AAA, dude just went off. Currently, as of right now, up until the beginning of Thursday's game, he is batting 321 with a 426 on base. And get this, 569 slugging since May 21st. Those are MVP numbers. Yeah, I said it. That's what it is. He's only got like 150 at-bats, so you're saying, okay, still need to see more. That's not a big enough sample size for us to go crazy about him. But what he has shown me is that he deserves everyday playing time. He is a guy that the Reds can lean on, and it's I think it's tongue-in-cheek at this point. We're not saying it to be sarcastic in any one way, shape, or form about Will Benson or, or David Bell's lineups or anything like this, but Will Benson is absolutely the best number nine hitter in baseball. Like, I defy anybody to put up another player. Will Benson deserves to hit higher up in the lineup, but this lineup is so talented, they don't need that. They can have him in the number nine spot, be a second leadoff guy, depending on, you know, who's pitching and things like this. It puts the pressure on the opposing manager to be like, am I really going to bring out my only lefty in the bullpen or my best lefty in the bullpen to face the number nine hitter? which you probably should. Now, David Bell doesn't give him that many opportunities. He's only had 12 at-bats against left-handed pitchers so far this season. He has one hit in those 12 at-bats. Make of that what you will. It's too small for me to know anything whatsoever. I think he needs more chances against lefties because he's shown the talent that he just mashes righties. I think he still has a really good shot to be maybe not platoon-resistant, but or platoon immune, maybe it's platoon resistant, whatever. I think he can hit well against left-handed pitching. We just would have to see it. But I love this because with all that he has gone through, 
a six-game losing streak where plenty of us Reds fans saw how the Reds fell out of first place, and there were some that were pretending doom and gloom, and there were some that were saying, see, I knew it. I knew these Reds would do this. He's got a message for you. I, I know how I look at it is there is a lot of baseball left in reality. Um, so knowing how good we are as a team, there's a, a high chance that we go on a winning streak just as well as we on a losing streak. Uh, so I kind of don't really put too much worry about it because, you know, it, it's all about today. And we can't really look at yesterday, nor can we look at tomorrow. So I, me personally, I, you know, I feel as though, you know, my attention is, is on today. And I feel that I feel the same way with my teammates as well. I mean, obviously we know there are times where like, okay, we really want to win here. But for the most part, guys are really focused. And that's why I'm very proud of my teammates because every day I come in, and there's no change in energy. There's no change in, in how we operate amongst one another. You know, it's just another day. You know, Spence is still being goofy. Uh, you know, TJ's always coming in with smile. You know, it, it's the same. It's the same. Same guys every day. So it, it doesn't really matter. I, I love that mentality from him, and it, it's just something that continues to show me what I said back in February is true. He is an absolute force, and a true future outfielder for this team. Think about what they have in Will Benson. The the talent that he has shown, the, the production that he's put up on the field has been phenomenal. He doesn't even hit arbitration until 2026. He's not a free agent until 2029. And the Reds got him. For Justin Boyd, now I'm sure that there's plenty of Reds minor leagues folks that are going to be like, well, Jeff, Justin Boyd had talent or something like that. He wasn't on my radar. And they got him for Steven Hajar. He he ended up being the player to be named later in the deal. The Reds sent him over. Steven Hajar was part of the Tyler Malley trade. So as folks have been wont to say, you can lump Will Benson in there and basically for Tyler Malley and for Justin Boyd, the Reds got Spencer Steer, Christian Encarnacion Strand, and Will Benson. Holy Nick Crawl. Oh my goodness. But this dude is so key to the future of this team, and he is absolutely showing that he can be a huge part of this outfield. He does everything. And he's kind of been coming up in big situations, coming up with big hits, whether they be extra base hits or he's getting a hit and someone's on in front of him. Don't forget, Will Benson can steal bases too. Will Benson can run the bases very well. He plays the field very well. He had a play in left field, and I, I forget the guy from, uh, I, maybe it was Jock Peterson, got the hit, and it was over his head. He really had a shot. He was about probably about two, three feet away, tried to dive for the ball on the warning track next to the wall, didn't quite come up with it, but he was able to pop back up, throw it into the infield, so Jock Peterson was held to a single anyway. It's just the athleticism that he brings to this outfield on defense, at the plate, on the base paths. He fits in with this team so well, and the fact that Nick Crawl was able to nab him from the Guardians is just an absolute brilliant trade. I'm not going to say it was a fleecing. Justin Boyd could end up being a pretty solid outfielder. Steven Ajar might be an interesting pitcher, something like that. But it has really worked out for the Reds and a lot faster than everybody thought. I mean, when, the, when you saw him at the beginning of the season, you tell me what you thought about him whenever he was going one for 40. You were like, yeah, this guy's done He's nothing. Jeff was crazy. 
Don't think I was so crazy now, do you? It will Benson, such an important part of this everyday lineup, and he showed why. Big three-run homer. I mean, if you can affect a game, if you can be the winning force in a game with one swing, you're a pretty special player. That's what Will Benson did. Coming up, the game ended in a win because of a very important pitcher returning to form. I'll tell you why it's so important that we saw Alexis Diaz dominate on Wednesday. Coming up next. Before we get into that, though, remember that if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. You can follow the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Also, make sure you join the community on Discord. We've got a lot of great folks talking Reds baseball all day, every day. We've got the link down in the description. Just click on it and become part of the community going to start doing some mailbag episodes through the discord. Plus also got a great opportunity as well. Uh, love to talk baseball through the subtext platform. If you text I'm in to the number in the description, also got a link in the description to join subtext. Um, but, uh, we'll be talking about reds trade rumors. We'll be talking about reds roster moves, all kinds of great stuff outside of, you know, this episode time. Thanks so much for joining us here today. All right, so huge, huge night for Graham Ashcraft and Will Benson. Huge reasons why the Reds won, but to put the cherry on top, Alexis Diaz returned to form in the ninth inning, and it was a thing of beauty because, look, ever since Alexis Diaz's first blown save of the season back on June 30th, it felt like... He was just kind of pitching well and not being the dominant closer that we know he is. That dominant dude returned last night and really in the last two outings. If you look back on these last two outings against the Giants, he's allowed no base runners and he has he has one strikeout in the in um in the first outing against the Giants and two strikeouts last night against the Giants. He is making dudes look foolish again. I have loved to watch him pitch because this was what we saw early on in the season. This is what we saw, how he really built his all-star case. And I know that, you know, pitchers are picked by the managers and things like that. So it kind of feels like if a team only gets one player and that one player is a pitcher, it's like they're doing him a favor. Nobody was doing Alexis Diaz a favor. He was one of the best relief pitchers in the National League. He deserved to be on the all-star team. And the only reason he doesn't have the most saves in the National League is because the dude on the Giants has more, Camilo Duvall. But he has been this bullpen's rock all year long. And to see the way that he had kind of been pitching here recently, I stopped short of saying that I lost confidence in him coming out of the bullpen because obviously you hear Alexis Diaz's name, from Joe Zarek on the PA, or you hear it from John Sadak on TV, or you hear Tommy Thrall say that Alexis Diaz is coming into the game, you go, all right, we got a real good shot here to finish this off. Or if it's a tie game, it's going to stay a tie game. You know, things like that. But it kind of felt like there was this period of time surrounding the blown save where it was just like, oh, man, it feels like he's laboring through these outings. But now he's back. Now Alexis Diaz is back to being the dominant closer 
force. We saw it on Wednesday night. Not a single giant that stepped up to the plate. I don't care who it was had a shot of hitting any pitches he put up there. I know that the final guy put the ball in play for a ground out, but just the way that he is able to pitch, we've seen it quite a bit this season. And it felt like fatigue was really starting to settle in on him around the all-star break. And you're just like, man, is he going to go through a dry spell here? Is this going to be something where he needs an IL stint to kind of rest up? Because this is what Alexis Diaz means to this bullpen. Let's think about this for a minute because you know, we did this, uh, we did this exercise in spring training where it was like, okay, the, the confidence factor that you have in a given relief pitcher, let's talk about it. Let's look at this for right now. Lucas Sims, he had a scoreless inning on Wednesday night, but he saw men in scoring position at the end of that inning. There were multiple guys on base and it was kind of one of those innings that you're just like, boy, somebody catches a hold of one and hits like a, a line drive or a ground ball down the down the third baseline or first baseline or whatever. Um, they, they could score two here and they could take the lead. But Lucas Sims kind of balanced on the edge of the knife and kept the scoreboard clean. Ian Jabot, I figured him out. All right. I think I think we think we've been wondering about Ian Jabot and just like, can we trust him? Can we not? Here's where you trust him. You trust Ian Jabot whenever David Bell brings him in and the bases are empty. If there's anyone on base, I want anyone else besides Ian Jabot. He's just not good when the bases are not even full. If the, if there's one person on base, it just feels like Ian Jabot is a totally different pitcher out of the stretch. Alex Young has never pitched this much in his career. He's not been a guy that's been good enough to pitch this much. So as good as he is, he might hit a wall here soon. Buck Farmer has looked tired lately. Derek Law still getting his groove back after being on the injured list for a little while. And Daniel Duarte, uh, Fernando Cruz, Tony Santion, they're all toss-ups. They could come out and pitch a perfect inning. They can come out and give up four runs. That's just, it's what happens with those guys. So you need Diaz to be that dominant dude that David Bell can go to the bullpen and just say, all right, we're good. I don't need to drink another beer tonight. I don't know if he drinks beer. He probably doesn't drink beer in the clubhouse, but just, you know, whenever he gets home or I don't know, he might not even drink beer. But when it comes to Alexis Diaz, he's the dude that you need to have that dominant trust in. And he has shown that he's returning to that dominant form. Maybe he's getting a second wind about him. Maybe he has figured out how to deal with the grind of the season. And he's, he's found his groove. You know, we, we've talked about that. We talked about Ashcraft, you know, he's like, yeah, I found my groove. I'm, I'm back into a routine, back into a rhythm. Pitching is rhythm. There's not been a single pitcher that I've talked to that hasn't said that in some way, shape, or form, and we're seeing Diaz back in the rhythm, and that is so key. These three guys, Graham Ashcraft, every fifth day, has to give us a quality start. Will Benson, at the bottom of the lineup, has to provide a spark in some way, whether it's getting on base and turning the lineup over, whether it's a big fly, big hit, something like that. And then Alexis Diaz has to be the dude that you bring in late in the game, whether it's the 8th, ninth, 10th, whatever inning it is. And you just know that one inning, no matter what every other pitcher has done for the Reds at, at, at any point in this one game, I know when I bring in Alexis Diaz, the other team's not scoring. 
and he has shown that dominant form here recently. Before we get out of here, I want to let you know, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. But that'll wrap up this edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I believe Steve will be back with me tomorrow, and we'll wrap up this giant series and look ahead to the arrival of Corbin Carroll, who, as many say, is winning the NL Rookie of the Year going away. Well, guess what? He's got a bunch of dudes that are going to be on the other side of the diamond from him this weekend trying to show him he ain't the only one around. It's going to be a fun weekend with the Diamondbacks in town to face the Reds. And we will be talking all about that. So make sure for those of you everydayers out there, you come see us tomorrow. But until then, know that uh, you have the Discord you can join in. Know that you have subtext you can join in. Lots of ways to keep talking Reds baseball. And follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. Because we are locked on Reds. Every single day.